Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining the Saga Media Podcast. This is your host, Jeremy Bruce, and we are in our second installment or second episode of Mysteries and Unsolved Murders of the Appalachian Trail. Thank you, everybody, for joining, and um, thank you again for for tuning in. So today, uh, we're going to get into our second um, episode to talk about a unsolved mystery slash murder that happened on the Appalachian Trail. Um, just so everybody knows, if you don't know what the Appalachian Trail is, uh, the Appalachian Trail is a popular hiking trail that spans 2,200 plus miles, and it was completed in 1937. The trail starts at the Springer Mountain, Georgia Trailhead and ends at Mount Catahedin, Maine. I probably said that wrong and killed that, but in Maine, and the trail has ever, uh, 3 million visitors per year and 20,000 hikers plus have completed the hike all the way through since 1937. I believe in my first episode I said 20 million hikers a year, but it's actually 3 million and 20,000 hikers. So I uh, correct my uh, previous statement. But, you know, the states that, that, that the trail includes, I mean, it goes from Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, West Virginia, Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Georgia. And all parts of the trail are absolutely beautiful, and they there's so many different uh, great things to see. There, there's great people that go through there. One of the things I wanted, as I will say in every one of these episodes, is I am an avid uh, hiker and biker. I'm out in the wilderness. This is not to scare anybody or deter anybody to ever visit or hike the Appalachian Trail. Again, 3 million visitors per year are on the Appalachian Trail. So these are just a handful of unsolved cases. There's unsolved mysteries and murders all over the country and through the world in major metropolitan cities and suburbs. But specifically, I wanted to, to, to spotlight these because I believe some of these cases have gone cold and gone cold for too long. And I believe it's time that we can do our part with putting a spotlight on this. We're going to do a follow-up on our podcast in studio to talk about these. And then additionally, we, we are planning to get into some investigative reporting and um, try to just see if we can do our part to drum up some new information or new leads. And if there's any small thing we could do to possibly get closure to these for these families to these cases and bring somebody or somebody's to justice, um, that is exactly what we're trying to do. So in this second um episode, we want to talk about the unsolved deaths of Heidi Childs and David Metzler. To give you some uh, backdrop on this, um, these two were actually Virginia Tech students um, who had met at church um, as it, when they were growing up, and they were kind of homeschooled. Uh, I know Heidi was homeschooled, but prior to accepting Virginia in the Virginia Tech, but they were Natives of Lynchburg area, Virginia, um, they met through their church youth group and remained close friends in the years before they entered college years in Virginia Tech. Uh, the pair started dating once they got to college and reportedly became unseparable. Um, Heidi uh, was homeschooled again, as I stated, prior to being accepted in Virginia Tech and started taking college courses in the 10th grade. So obviously she was a scholar, very good in school, and... She played, you know, multiple sports. She ran cross country, played basketball for her church team, loved camping, skiing, and hiking with her friends. Um, Heidi actually enjoyed going on mission trips, sharing her faith with her youth group through praise and, and, and worship. And, and she also was a musician, played the guitar and sang, but preferred to do it and be in the background. Um, you know, the, the, 
the story kind of goes back. This this unsolved uh, mystery is dating back to two thousand nine, and where these two actually went out and um, you know in two thousand nine. They, uh, Heidi and, and, and David, were at the time 18 and 19 years old, and they were murdered in the Caldwell Fields parking lot of the Jefferson National Forest in Montgomery County. Uh, Virginia State Police um, had, had, you know, have been spending mu- much time trying to investigate this and, and, and find, a, you know, a, a killer, but it, 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 unfortunately this thing has gone, you know, many years without getting solved, but... You know, on the night of August 26, 2009, um, when they were both shot and killed, they were actually found. They were in Caldwell Fields. They had a romantic night together. They had a guitar. Maybe they, they were looking to go out, just look at a beautiful night, looking at the stars, as couple, young couples do. I mean, they were adults. They were a young couple. They wanted to spend some time. They both loved the outdoors. And um, unfortunately, they, they, they ended up choosing uh, the, the wrong place to, to have this happen. And it's it's a you know another instance where you know unfortunate uh, you know uh, occurrences like these happen and, and these these really bad people prey on 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 individuals and, and, and couples. So to kind of give you a backdrop again, it was in August of, of two thousand nine, August twenty sixth. You know he wanted to take you know David wanted to, told his roommates he wanted to take Heidi out on a special date. So he Heidi loved the outdoors. So he was taking Heidi to a field in Jefferson National Forest, as stated before, uh, where they would just talk, play music, and and spend some quality time together, quiet time, romantic time. Um, you know, from the report, you know, they got in the Metzler's 1992 Toyota as, you know, the sun was setting around 8.25 p.m. and drove to Caldwell Fields. And this sounds like something, you know, out of, uh, you know, 1950s or 60s movie where you you go and park and and enjoy quality time together you know uh so you know as they got there they got into the jefferson national forest you know as that combines with the you know george washington national forest you know and it does form the largest areas of public land in eastern united states you know together i believe it covers around 1.8 million acres which is pretty substantial i mean i've hiked in hundreds of thousands of acres, and I can't imagine how big it would be with 1.8 million. And this is an area that I'm familiar with, but haven't technically actually hiked or, hiked or biked or anything through there, but it's still actually on my bucket list. So the section where David uh, took Heidi is located off of Route 460 in Montgomery County, and it's called the Caldwell Fields Family Campground. Pretty innocent. It's called Family Campground. So the fields are nestled on a section of Craig Creek Road, approximately about eight miles from Route 460. So they, they weren't that far back. You know, they were in a family campground. Um, yes, they were on a national forest property, and it's about 15 miles from the campus of Virginia Tech where they were going to school. So this was something in the area. I mean, they, they weren't driving out in the middle of these 1.8 million miles, even though that seems vast. They were in an area that has been well, you know, traveled, that is well occupied, and literally only 15, 15 miles or less from Virginia Tech University where they went. So, um, you know, this location is common for hikers and tourists familiar to the area. Uh, the fields are off a of dirt road surrounded by mountain peaks and heavily wooded areas. So if they were there at sunset, they're looking at the mountain peaks. They're enjoying their time. Um, this is an area where cell phone service may have been scarce. Um, you know, you can go a mile without passing more than a hunting tree stand. I mean, that's something I know that's very, very prevalent down there. Uh, as I said, I'm familiar with the area, but I technically haven't stayed and or hike there, but, um, familiar that, you know, 
most likely cell phones weren't working and but maybe that's what they wanted is, is they wanted to just be left alone and they didn't want any contact they didn't want anybody bothering so again the couple arrived at their spot somewhere between 8 15 8 25 you know and the pair didn't plan on staying out late because they had classes then uh they had started in, in a couple of days earlier and and they had homework so they had already been starting school um they had homework this was just it's supposed to be maybe a quick one or two hour night which unfortunately became the last night that they would have on this earth so what happened after that time is is isn't from all my research it's unclear you know, I'm trying to go through, there is a lot of information, a lot more that seemed to have gotten a lot more than some of the other cases, but it is still unclear. You know, what, what authorities do know is somewhere around 8 a.m. the next morning, a man walking, similar to the, the, you know, our first story where hikers are a man walking and normally is how this is always, you know, a random hiker, or a man walking his dog or, or just going out for a stroll, but a man walking his dog found the teen's bodies. David was found in the driver's seat of the car. Glass shattered the gravel beside the driver's side door. The 19-year-old had been shot through the driver's side window. Heidi's body was discovered outside of the vehicle and that the teen had been seen shot in the face with a 30-30 hunting rifle. So obviously somebody had snuck up on them and they were unbeknownst to them and most likely did this so quick that they didn't have much uh, time to react or get out of there and help themselves or fight back any of the scenarios above. Um, Heidi's purse, her silver Motorola Razor phone, silver Sony Cybershock camera, ID card, Virginia Tech lanyard, and credit card were missing from the scene. So obviously they did go to, looks like it was a robbery, and that's why it seemed to be quick. It wasn't something where they were stalking him through the woods. They saw a car there. Unfortunately, the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong person. And though all those things are missing, that shows that there was some kind of robbery planned or somebody had maybe saw the car there and decided to sneak up on them and, and get a quick, um, unfortunately, quick shots at them and, and, and rob them. So as, as they go on, you know, they, there was press conferences after. There's, there's, there's a big reward still. I, I know... Uh, as recent, I did some research in August of 2020. You know, this was going through local news. I mean, there, there was a federal investigator still hoped that a website and a $100,000 reward would generate renewed interest um, from this. But unfortunately, it looks as though there really hasn't been much, um, much information. What we do know is... Um, there was some, there was the, you know, identifying, the, the Montgomery County sheriffs were looking for the public to help identify the owners of six vehicles. A green sedan, possibly a Ford Taurus or a Dodge Intrepid, was seen stopping in front of the residence of Craig Creek Road around 6 p.m. A dark blue Dodge Caravan was seen parked near the border of Montgomery and Craig Counties near a logging site near 8.30 p.m. A dark colored van or minivan was parked at Caldwell Fields after dark which now you're getting closer, a dark-colored Ford Crown Victoria of Chevy Caprice was seen driving on Craig Creek Road around 10 p.m. So that gets into the time frame where, you know, something could have most likely happened in around the time frame that it did or shortly after. Uh, another one was a red or red and white Dodge extended cab pickup with dull exhaust, oversized tires, and tinted windows was seen driving up Lee Road at about 11 p.m., directly across from Caldwell Fields. Lastly, a gray or cream-colored early 2000s model Pontiac Bonneville parked near Caldwell Fields around midnight. Um, 
Unfortunately, I mean, those cars could have just been there randomly. I mean, again, this is this is a family campground. I mean, others could have been doing exactly what they were doing. Couples or just getting a late night stroll, taking a dog for the walk like the gentleman who actually found their bodies, you know, the next morning. So there really, other than that, wasn't much tied to it. Um, you know, they were still really trying to find the public's health the, or help to, to fit, you know, any pieces together, any new leads um, again, there's a, there was a hundred thousand dollar reward being offered for tips. Um, this comes as the FBI donated 28,000 towards the, the cause as well. So, I, I mean, unlike, you know, or so like many unsolved cases, there, there are theories as to what really happened. Um, a popular uh, theory was that they drove up on something they shouldn't have or seen, you know, sometimes there could have been something going on as they were pulling up or something that went on when they were still sitting there. Um, and some bad people were already committing something else and they happened to be unfortunately in the wrong place at the wrong time and been witnesses that these perpetrators didn't, didn't want to see. Um, you know, Another theory is that the hunter theory, which produces two possible scenarios, you know, a poacher accidentally shot David, killing Heidi, either in panic or in the cold-blooded calculation that she was a witness. Um, I mean, there's hunting that goes on out there. Uh, or someone planned to stalk and kill a couple using a well-known Lover's Lane parking lot areas in the Lover's Lane story. So, so th- th- there's many different scenarios out there, but um, it really comes down to the fact that Unfortunately, this these leads have gone cold, and the mystery's still out there. That these two young, beautiful people unfortunately lost their lives uh, on an, on a on a night where they were just trying to spend some innocent time together. Um, as stated in my previous uh, podcast, that we are going to do a video on this. We're going to get more information. We're going to start really digging in. Try to do our own um, information, and we will upload any links. So if anybody out there has some. Prior knowledge, new new leads, anything. I mean, you could. There will be links to, to the appropriate authorities and federal employees that you can reach out to, and hopefully, maybe shed some light and again bring some closure to this. Um, so this this concludes this this episode of the mysteries and unsolved murders of the Appalachian Trail, and we will uh, see you on the third installment. Thank you, and uh, have a great day.